This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never made anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Hey, Rudy. My name is Keith Teal. I'm from Anacortes, Washington. Okay. Well, hey, I, I had an unlikely person reach out to me and say, hey, you've got to interview this guy, Keith. And uh, it's somebody that I don't think you know, listens to the podcast on a regular basis. It's an old uh, working buddy of mine, Dave Herrera. And he recently, uh, well, within the last four or five years, got his hips replaced. And he said, man, my buddy Keith is hiking uh, part of the Pacific Crest Trail in Oregon. And um, and sounds like maybe you kind of had some of the same surgery. Is that the case? Oh, sounds, yeah, exactly. I had, um, we call it a double hip resurfacing where they, uh, they shave off the ball, the femur and put in the, uh, replacement receptacle, just like a full replacement. Um, the only difference being the full replacement, they put a rod down your femur. So, uh, yes, had both hips replaced. <laughs> wow. And, uh, were you hiking a lot before that? Um, I've been an avid backpacker, uh, for about 40 years, uh, and, Really, just recently in the last um, few years, got interested in long distance hiking. And because my hips were so sore from really it was arthritis that, that affected my hips, I really kind of couldn't get into it. But once I got my hips done, boy, I was a new lease on life. Wow. And uh, when did you get your hips uh, worked on then? I had uh, one, one of them done two years ago, and the other one done just about uh, 10 years ago now. So pretty young for. To have my hips done. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind asking, how old are you? Um, I'm going to turn 60 here in just two months. Oh, yeah. Well, you got my buddy Dave beat, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Yeah, well, that's crazy. Yeah, 10 years ago, man, to to have to have surgery, that's just really unfortunate. Yeah, I think it's genetic. I really had arthritis in my hips, and and I actually have arthritis in my left knee as well. but boy, the hips are as good as new. Well, let's talk about um, going and deciding to hike the PCT, part of the PCT in Oregon. Um, what uh, what's sort of sections did you pick, and, and what was the reasoning behind it? Yeah, I, I um, had been living down in Hartford, Connecticut, and, and had uh, hiked a little bit of the Appalachian Trail, and I ran into a couple of 70-year-old guys, and they were doing a 120-mile section, and I was like, well, if these guys can do it, I should be able to get out there. I'm, experienced enough. So I started uh, thinking about it more and I, I hiked um, the state of Massachusetts, which is about a 70 mile hike. And, and then I kept thinking about wanting to do a long distance trip on, on the PCT, uh, which is uh, really where I spent most of my time when I was younger. And I selected Oregon just because it really is about the flattest part of the PCT uh, with the, you know, the least amount of, of elevation gain and, and elevation descent, uh, over, over distance. Um, there's certainly a couple of good climbs in there, but, uh, so I, I figured that would be the best way to start. And so I zeroed in on, uh, kind of the, the, 
the most beautiful part of, of Oregon, and that was the section from uh, from Crater Lake up to Mount Hood. And as I uh, went through it, it looked like it was going to be about a 220-mile hike. Um, and and so I, I kind of zeroed in on that. I said, well, that's pretty good. I could only do a certain amount per day. And I said, well, okay, that's about as based on the amount I could do a day times the number of days I could only do about a month. And so, uh, that was kind of how I, how I decided on the trip and how much to do. Right on. So did you finish right at Mount hood or did you go down into Cascade locks then? No, I stopped. Actually, I stopped, um, right, uh, below Mount hood, um, at, uh, and a small town there. I, I figured I'd heard that the hike from uh, the base up was uh, more like a walk on the sandy beach. So I, I, I figured, okay, this is, I probably don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop just short. And my wife picked me up and drove me up the last five miles. And we spent two nights at, uh, at Timberline Lodge, which was kind of my payoff. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, I was actually just recently right there, Myself this weekend, I was uh, hanging out with the American Long Distance Hiking Association. Just had a blast. Oh, cool! You mentioned that uh, that you've gotten more or less into some somewhat long distance hiking. Then, I mean, two hundred twenty miles is is definitely a long distance hike. Um, what uh, what else has there been? Anything else, or was this kind of your first step into it? Um, well, I, I I you know I like a lot of people. I think I got inspired by. Um, a couple of uh, movies and books, A Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson, uh, about his exploits on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, he's a very funny writer, and, and I really enjoyed that book. And then, like a lot of people I saw, uh, I read the book Wild, uh, read it a couple times. And, and again, I figured if these yahoos can do this, you know, I should be able to get out there and do a little more <laughs> than the normal person. So, <laughs> so that's kind of what what got me into it. I, I, um, had picked up a really nice pair of boots that really improved my outlook on my hiking. It, I, I didn't have any issues with my feet and, and all of a sudden it was like, wow, let's, let's uh, see how much we can do. And, uh, um, but you know, at my age it was, okay, I, I can do about, you know, 12, I think I had a 17 mile day one day, but that's about the outside. You know, I, I couldn't do what these young kids were doing. They're doing 25, 30 and 35 miles a day. It's like, uh, so, but I figured I could have some pretty nice days and be out there for a while. So. Yeah, no kidding. Well, now did, uh, did any issues come up from some of your surgeries at all while you're out there? Cause I, I would think that would be kind of a, uh, could be a, a major hiccup for you. Yeah, you, you know my hips were great, but I uh, last year I did uh, I, I was doing another bucket list hike. It's just uh, a trip between Highway 50 and Highway 80 above Lake Tahoe in California. Oh yeah. And uh, about four days in, my knee blew up. You know, it just it got so swollen that my my leg wouldn't bend, and and I'd never had problems with my knees. Um, and I went back in to see my orthopedic surgeon and let him know, hey, you know. I'm planning on doing a 220 mile hike next summer. What are we going to do to fix this? And uh, we did an MRI and the good news was there was not, no damage. I didn't hurt anything. The bad news was there was no damage and it wasn't anything they could repair. It was, it's arthritis. And so we did uh, some gel injections about 
a month and a half before I left. And then we did a cortisone injection about two weeks before I left. And my, and it worked out great. My knee didn't blow up. I did have some pain anytime I kind of hyperextended or twisted the knee, but, but that I could deal with. It was inflammation that, that can really just put a halt to things. And luckily enough, um, that, that was the only pain I, I had. My hips, no, no pain at all. They get a little tired after good long distance. You, know, you get muscle pain, but, but the hips, no problems. Uh, that's good, man. Cause, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not good that you have the knee stuff going on, but man, uh, it'd be horrible <laughs> to think, you know, something that, uh, is as serious, at least in, from my perspective as getting surgery on your hips done that, uh, there wasn't anything major there. Yeah. I remember when I got my hips done, I, the, when I got the first one done, I, they had the physical therapist come in they, they get you up right away. Right. And I just, I looked him in the eye and said, I'm going to be the best patient you've ever had. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, and whatever he told me to do, I did double, you know, and, and so I just worked real hard at it. Um, and, and it really paid off. I think, um, I had a great surgeon and, and I put in my time afterwards and, and, and they're, they're just fantastic. Uh, that's great. Well, you know, being a section hiker myself, um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of more focused on Washington, uh, with the PCT and I'm, I'm kind of right. curious because you said you'd been a backpacker for, uh, you know, over 40 years, uh, being in Washington and being a backpacker, it seems like maybe you've probably fallen on the, on the PCT there as well. Have you hiked any sections in Washington? I, I have done a little bit, not section hiking on the PCT, but I grew up, um, in California in the, in the San Francisco Bay area. And so almost all of my hiking up, up until now has been destination hiking. And so we spent a lot of time up in uh, Yosemite and immigrant wilderness and desolation wilderness um, over the years. And we always ended up on the PCT at some point <laughs> in time. But, but I almost feel like I got, uh, I got the better of it than PCT hikers. Because on a PCT hiking, you go straight through, right? Um, on, on in immigrant wilderness where you might pass through, we did 11 trips uh, all over the, that wilderness area. So I think I saw a lot more than of that really beautiful section. And I, I lived in uh, Washington for about 10 years and up until about recent, until recently. Um, and I had, I've been hiking with the same set of buddies uh, since like eighth grade. And one of them moved up to Washington and then I moved up to Washington. And so we had our buddies from California would come up and we've done a few uh, backpacking trips up in, uh, one in uh, two in Alpine Wilderness, one in North Cascades, uh, and again we end up on the PCT, but that wasn't necessarily the 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 goal, right? Again, we were destination hiking for specific lakes. Uh, we love the fish. So, so. <laughs> that was the real interest. I can't talk enough about Waymark Gear Company. Seriously. Uh, my daughters still have their packs. We gave away a pack on the show, and I recently met Mark down at PCT Days over the summer. And I just want to say on their website, real easy to find, waymarkgearco.com. Check out their two types of packs. You've got the through, the 38 to 42 liter packs, and then the light uh, 50 liter packs. So uh, the throughs are $210 where they start. 
And then the 50 liter uh, packs, uh, the kind of the Cadillac of the frameless packs, they start at $260. So go over, check it out. There's all kinds of colors to pick from. Uh, this is just a quick little ad here to uh, you know support the show. At least go over there and follow him on Instagram, uh, Waymark Gear Company. I tell him the Cascade Hiker Podcast sent you. Well, uh, did you, uh, was, was fishing a part of your hike this summer than on the PCT? It was not. Uh, you know, for, first of all, it's just the weight. You know, I was really uh, looking at getting my base weight down and, and based on the amount of hiking I was doing, um, plus um, I'm out of state. It was like, you know, fishing just didn't seem to be uh, the, the best way to spend my time. <laughs> Although I would, I, I ran into a couple lakes where it's like, Oh, I wish I had my fishing gear. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only section that I've done in Oregon was, uh, let's see, I, it was through the sisters. So it was like Willamette pass to McKenzie pass. And right. there's some lakes right in there, man, that are just oh, oh. so good. We swam in a couple of them. Oh, and the most beautiful part, of I thought, of Oregon was that exact section, Three Sisters Wilderness. Um, I, I think I took so many pictures of South Sister when I first got in there. My wife was probably wondering, okay, is that enough of <laughs> that, one, that one mountain? But it just kept changing. Every time you'd go a few miles, it would look a little different, you know? Yeah. No, that's and, beautiful. Uh, that was that was a good experience. So, uh, I do have one bucket list hike in Washington. I do want to do uh, Stevens Pass, the Snoqualmie Pass, um, and then one other section. I I think it's I, I haven't researched it much, but I've heard about Nice Nice Edge. Oh, I yeah. really kind of want to get it. I really want to try and get out on that too. That would be kind of a, a real fun trip, I think. Yeah, and um, you know, you had mentioned that you picked the 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 Oregon sections um, mainly because of the uh, elevation being not as as drastic. And um, I should say that uh, a point out. I don't know to you or some of the listeners that though the knife edge is, um, I've actually never been on it myself, but I took my five year old and ten year old daughter right by it this summer, and we did. A uh, little 17 mile section just south, uh, yeah, just south of it, and um, we weren't that far from it. It was just a short climb from where we were, and um, you know, wow. man, if my five year old could do it, you know, get out there and get it done, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, there's another impetus. If a five year old could do it, come on, I got to be able to get up there and do it, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm hoping to uh, talk them into doing that next year myself. So yeah, way to way to go, kids. Man. Yeah, awesome. and and you know, actually, just being at that. Uh, a long distance hiking association, uh, the all the West, uh, convention this, this last weekend. Um, I brought that up to a, to a lot of people because it was, uh, it was really a, a cool thing for me to be able to talk about. Um, and every single person I talked to about it said, well, you didn't miss CISPA's pass, did you? And I said, absolutely not. But it was really interesting because these are all people that have hiked, uh, the PCT, the continental divide, the Appalachian trail, they've put in thousands of miles of hiking and they all remember CISPA's pass and it's right there. So, so I should say, Keith, don't, uh, don't, don't forget that part of it. So, um, cool. you know, when you're planning that out, but, uh, let's get back into your, you know, 40 years of backpacking. What, uh, you know, yeah. this is before you had the hip surgery and some of it was afterwards, but, um, how, how has the progression been? Um, I, I always like to talk to people that, uh, have been hiking longer than I've been alive. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, about their okay. gear. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, how's your gear progressed? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's funny. I've, I've only had three packs 
over that whole period of time. Um, I broke mine on this last trip, and so I need to get a new one. Uh, but um, uh, it started out um, when I was just a, a, a kid, an eighth grader. We had a, a science teacher that would take kids up to Yosemite twice a year on trips. And that's how we got introduced to it. And so I started out with this people external frame pack, but I think I hiked with that thing for about 15 years. Um, and then it, it finally started to was breaking down, you know, it, you know, all the, the, uh, the, the nuts that were holding it together were starting to wear through. <laughs> and so I, I, I got an internal frame pack and I, I ran that for another, uh, 10, 12 years. And then the last pack I actually got for free from my, from my boss. Um, and that was a, a Kelty pack, um, had one metal stay down the back. And I, I, I broke that, uh, on this last trip. I think I set my pack down too hard and it shot the metal stay right through the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's nothing now holding it, uh, holding it from collapsing. So you have to get a new pack, but I, I think, um, the other thing that's changed over the years is, uh, is it constantly have kind of, um, updated all of my gear from kind of heavier gear, right? You know, for example, my stove, I used to have a, um, a white gas stove and, and, uh, and then I graduated to, um, to kind of a pocket rocket. And now I have another even smaller, lighter weight, but it's always constantly been from heavier down to lighter. And when I was, when I was younger and we were doing destination hiking, you know, our packs would be like 42 pounds, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. once you put a couple of beers on top, you know, and, and maybe a frozen steak or <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> I, I slowly, slowly, that, that got to wear on you, right. You can't carry that kind of weight, you know, and, and uh, so I've been constantly trying to find lighter uh, gear. And now I have, you know, a tent that's, um, that's one pound, 16 ounce or one pound, 15 ounces. Um, and I've, I've got, um, uh, everything is just down to a really light weight. The only way to get lighter now is a new pack. So it's kind of, I was kind of happy that I broke my pack. Now I'm being forced to get a, <laughs> um, ultra, an, an ultra light pack. <laughs> Honey, I have to buy one. It's like, I, I broke my pack. <laughs> um, mm. and then the one thing I learned, um, this time, though, in, in really in meeting all these uh, long-distance PCT hikers um, is that none of them wear boots anymore, um, not when they're doing those kind of miles. It's just, it's just extra weight, and, and you've got to you know, pick those up at every step. Um, but I, I've had ankle problems in the past as well, so I've always worn some you know, high boots, but I'm really rethinking that, too, um, uh, because that is, that is a significant amount of weight, you know, just having, having good sized boots, you know, um, so it's all about weight, right? Just the older I get, the, the less weight I want to carry. And, and, but it's expensive, right? The, um, the lighter you go, the more expensive it is. So, uh, but you know, it, it certainly is a, is a good trade off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, um, you know, somebody that's just kind of just been getting into long distance hiking yourself. Um, where did you find out about the gear that you've purchased? Um, I, I spent a lot of time, um, um, shopping in REI. Um, that, that's just kind of where I, I started hiking, uh, where I started my hiking experience, but it started with, 
you know, this teacher, he kind of told us, okay, here's the kind of gear you need to have, you know. And um, the more we went, the more we, we learned. Uh, when we were young, uh, and when, for, especially when we went with our teacher, he, he must have carried a 70-pound pack because he had everything <laughs> to take care of, you know, 10 greenhorn kids. And uh, uh, so we didn't really know we had to carry up all that much. But the more we went and we started going solo, that, you know, the, the more gear we, we started buying and, and the best place for us to go was, was REI that they, you know, they had the, 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 the best um, kind of gear and, and, and relatively inexpensive for what we were doing. Um, so that's where I spent my time. Went in there and looked around. Six moon designs. I uh, picked up a lunar solo tent. Really excited about this. Uh, I want you guys to go over to sixmoondesigns.com. That's uh, all one word, of course, six moon designs. So there's an S on the end there, dot com. Um, I picked up the lunar solo, 200 bucks. It's only 26 ounces uh, listed on their, on their website there. Uh, I'm excited about this. I, I fit no problem in this thing. I've always been kind of weary of uh, solo type tents because um, I'm a big hiker. I'm, I'm 6'4", very wide, and there's plenty of room. I could easily squeeze one of my kids in there with me, and, and the vestibule is huge too. If uh, you know, if you hike with a dog and you've got a pad for the dog, whatever, it could easily sleep under this uh, vestibule with your pack and everything out there, um, boots or whatever you got going on. Um, Anyway, yeah, so don't worry about that. It's also, uh, I've always been a little weary of uh, single wall tents, but this has, uh, you know, sort of the mesh, the, the, the mosquito netting, uh, about six inches, and, and then six inches of a bathtub floor as well with a, the with a bottom. So it's sort of like a tarp, but um, it, it sets up as one tent. Anyway, go over there. There's plenty of videos and stuff on the website, sixmoondesigns.com. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I, I, I too, done a lot of shopping at REI, but man, ever since I, I kind of got, uh, you know, talking to a lot of long distance hikers and things, and, um, there's so many different, uh, cottage brands, you know, what they call them out there. And, um, you know, that, uh, you can, you can find some of these just well-built packs. And I know one of my sponsors is Waymark gear company. He makes backpacks out of his garage and, you know, they're just great, you know, but, uh, you're never going to find them at those bigger stores. And, um, you know, six moon designs is another one of my sponsors and, and their tents are, are so lightweight and tiny and just yeah. well-built, you know, these things, uh, it's kind of fun to, uh, to find out what, uh, what those guys, like you said, uh, you were watching them, you noticed that they're not wearing boots anymore. They're wearing all the, the trail right. runners and stuff. So, right. Right. I, yeah. And the pack, I think I wrote down in my phone in my notes section, a couple different pack brands that I was seeing from these, from these folks. Cause um, I hadn't heard of them even. And I started noticing that, you know, a number of people, it's like their packs were looking about the same. You know, I was going, well, what, are you, what are you carrying there? You yeah. Know? You don't have to be a fat thing. You know? <clears throat> They'd look at my pack and go, well, you could probably get rid of two pounds there. <laughs> you know? And they said, okay, well, that's where we have to start next, I think. Yeah, no um, kidding. But yeah, you're, you're right. Lots of, lots of different brands are popping up, I guess, that, you know, I really wasn't aware of because I didn't, wasn't really not doing long distance hiking in the past. It wasn't as, uh, wasn't as important to me. Now it is. 
Yeah, well, you know, these it's it's fun. Uh, it's fun kind of uh, listening. And, you know, that's why I like to interview folks like you is to hear your story. But I also in the past have, has interviewed people that started some of these cottage brand companies back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And, and just thinking, man, these guys weren't even sewers, some of them. And they, they just knew that they wanted a more lightweight tent. And they just kind of started from there. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun uh, to hear the, the background. Oh yeah, I'm 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 amazed at what they're doing now compared to what we used to carry. You know, our tent we used to carry two man that would would be weigh about five and a half pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I didn't, didn't even think twice about it. You know, now it's like oh my gosh, you know, really I can go I can get rid of three pounds right away. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, it's 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 amazing what they're doing now. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I might uh, mention to you and uh, to any of the listeners, um, November 18th is going to be uh, my next live show. It's going to be at the Bird's View Brewery in, uh, up by Concrete there. And uh, um, not only will I be interviewing an author about the Crown Jewel Wilderness book, uh, basically all the, uh, the history of the North Cascades National Park, but also be doing some giveaways. And uh, there may be one of those uh, six moon tents there. Yeah, I might have to make that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be fun to meet you. And uh, it, it's kind of fun. A, a lot of past guests go um, just to, uh, you know, to kind of all get together. And it's kind of fun. But I uh, also wanted to point out, you mentioned uh, the fishing. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, anytime fishing gets brought up on the podcast, uh, it always brings my mind right back to um, episode 70. I interviewed uh, Brian Curtis, and he's with the uh, the High Lakes. I'm not sure if you've, uh, if you, or I'm sorry, um He's with the Trailblazers uh, volunteer group oh, with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, and uh, not sure if you knew about that group, but oh man, what a what a cool story about uh, the guys that go back and and actually stock all these just kind of hard to get to lakes and stuff. And uh, oh yeah, have you ever heard yeah. of that group before? I have not, but you know that brings up another quick story. Last summer, when when I was up in uh, uh, above Lake Tahoe, um, they're starting to there's a lot of changes um, to the lakes and, and, you know, there were fish that have been introduced that kind of changed the whole ecology of, of the lakes. And, you know, ended up uh, the first day up in Lake, Lake Aloha and they literally had netted all the fish out of there in order to bring back the, uh, the amphibious uh, species around. Um, and I'm finding, so I'm finding, especially in California, a lot less stocking, you know, you mentioned the stocking where they, they've kind of stopped in some of these lakes and, and maybe the fishing isn't as good, but it may be improving the ecology. But, but uh, boy, that was that was kind of one of the big reasons we went up there was uh, Alpine Lakes was the was the fish, you know. But so that was kind of interesting to to, to see. Yeah. Now, when you were down there in uh, California, you said, and that happened. I'm wondering, was that in a national park? Um, well, Desolation Wilderness. Um, I don't think that's a national park. Um, but it's certainly a state, uh, state-run wilderness area, um, and uh, so it wasn't. I don't think that's national. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, each uh, the 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 um, oh, I can't think of the term. Each uh, organization oversees uh, each of these different. You know, whether it's a wilderness or a national park, whatever. They each kind of have their own way of kind of going through and kind of checking out these lakes and rivers and stuff. And, um, I've heard that the national parks are a little bit more sticklers on it, but maybe they're starting to change from the, some of the rules for wilderness as well. But yeah, 
Um, it was interesting talking to him about that. And uh, I, I, I'm curious how you found out about that because, uh, um, man, I just kind of stumbled across this, uh, this gentleman and uh, it was, it was fun to kind of hear that. So when you guys were up there, was it because you weren't catching anything and then, then you found out about that or, or was there somebody that told you beforehand? Well, we, we normally, I, I didn't bring my equipment that time, but my friends did. Um, and we heard about it first. We were taking a, a little boat ride across um, uh, Echo Lake. That's where we started. And we were talking to a um, uh, gal that was our captain. She was running the boat up and uh, she was talking to us about it. And, uh, and then we heard from a couple of people that said, oh, yeah, we were, we're not getting anything up there. And it's like, oh, yeah, we, we think we know why. <laughs> they, they netted the fish out of there. <laughs> and uh, wow. so, yeah, that was, that's, it's kind of unfortunate, but I guess, you know, it's also, I guess, um, maybe it's better for the, for the overall, um, e- you know, ecological development or redevelopment of the area. But I sure, <laughs> sure miss the fish out of there, though. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know we're going through a big thing right now in Washington with that, with the, uh, the mountain goats in the Olympic national park. And, um, you know, I, right. I, I, I support all that, you know, I mean, what, uh, especially with these lakes, I mean, man, if you're one, one fish can, you know, spawn and, and, and destroy a lake, basically all the other e- ecology in there, then that's not, not necessarily a good thing. Right. Yeah. Some, sometimes we, we, there's unintended consequences of our, um, of our, uh, well, what we think are well thought out actions. <laughs> and then, uh, then you find out later, whoops. <laughs> and it's like, and, and it takes, it could take forever to bring it back. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of try to, um, uh, because I don't know enough about it. I tend to, to, believe that yeah we, we probably did goof up a few things <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> but you couldn't prove by me but you know what do i know <laughs> right well let's uh take back just a little for a second to uh pct in oregon um i wanted to point out as well my uh my last live show was with all four authors of the uh the books uh hiking the pct washington oregon north california and south california and I'm curious. Did you use the uh, the hiking the PCT Oregon book? Um, what well, I used the Wilderness Press uh, book, um, and for the PCT for uh, um, Washington, Oregon, and then I also used another Wilderness Press um, uh, book that uh, just provides you all of the um, kind of detail information. You know where to mail packages where water is, oh, okay. um, uh, those kinds of things. And that was just to kind of give me an idea of, okay, what was I going to run into? And, um, both those were, were really helpful. Um, and, uh, and then I kind of used, I printed off half miles maps, uh, um, for kind of my, my, um, daily look, but, uh, and so those are the three sources. And then I just kind of pulled them all apart and just used the pieces that I wanted to bring with me and <laughs> you know, separated those and nailed some of it forward and then threw away the stuff that I <laughs> that had already done and uh, to try and, again, try and lighten the load, but also have um, some you know, reading material that was worthwhile. You know. Yeah, well, that's another thing that's come a long way uh, since, you know, in the last 40 years of backpacking is, is that type of, you know, having easy access to maps and apps and books and, you know, I mean, it's just changed. Yeah. And, and satellite, right. The the ability to just have 
maps on your phones or on a, on a Garmin satellite, to, um, uh, which is what I use as well. That, that was for my wife's benefit. Um, it had an SOS on it, so she was afraid if I broke my leg, yeah. I wouldn't be able to get out. So. <laughs> well, yeah. <That's... laughs> but yeah, just the technology in general is just has just changed. So I think some of it good, some of it bad, right? That the, having to carry all this technology, not having to, but you start doing that, then you have to start carrying other things that weigh, you know, a recharger and, and those kinds of things. And, and uh, um, so I don't know, but sometimes, you know, if you're hiking in the snow, save me before where I, I'm, I get off the trail and, you know, all of a sudden I can pinpoint myself on the map and where the trail is and, and get back, get back uh, in the right spot, especially when I'm hiking solo. Um, you know, I, and, and I, and I'm not hiking places where I've ever been before. Um, you know, can get, can get a little dicey. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't have a great sense of direction, so <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing you have a little, uh, a little extra help. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, hey, uh, Keith, you know, um, I just want to say that um, you're an inspiration to people. I know that uh, that uh, you did a, a lot of work, like you said, uh, you 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 exceeded what your doctors wanted you to do, but I would imagine there's a lot of people out there that um, are thinking about getting hip surgery or possibly have or any kind of uh, a surgery that would affect your walking if, if something went bad. And um, I just want to say that, uh, that that kind of thing and, and then getting right back out there on the trail, um, that's an inspiration of people. And, um, and, you know, don't be afraid to to talk to people because there's a lot of people out there who need to hear that. And I'm glad that you took the time to come on here to tell people. Great. I really appreciate that. Yeah. My, my one thing to people is, you know, it's, it's, it's not too late until you're dead. So, yeah. <laughs> so get out there and do it. You know, it's the, uh, you, you can and doctors and the kinds of surgeries they're doing are amazing. Now they, they're so good at it and especially with replacements and, um, I would wholeheartedly encourage people to, you know, if they're in pain and, and they're not getting out and able to do the things they wanted to do in the past, you know, get her done, you know, especially when you got insurance. <laughs> do it while you got insurance. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Keith. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on. I um, um, just really appreciate it. Uh, it was kind of a random thing that uh, Dave, of all people, uh, pointed me in your direction. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's been it's been a good talk. All right. Thanks very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at patreon.com slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress I come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too I would leave this world for a beautiful girl If I could just find